Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the American Age podcast. This is your host, C. Travis Webb, editor of the American Age, and I am speaking to you from Irvine, California. This is Stephen G. Fullwood. I am the co-founder of the Nomadic Archivist Project, and I'm coming to you from Harlem, New York City. Hi, I'm Seth Rodney. I am the opinions editor and a senior critic at Hyperallergic, and I'm coming to you from Newburgh. This is to remind our listeners that we practice a form of what we like to call intellectual intimacy, which is giving each other the space and time to figure out things out loud and together. Uh, and before I introduce our topic, I'm going to remind everyone that we do have our open submissions to uh, editor at theamericanage.org if you want to ask a question or retort mm -hmm. or comment on something that we talked about in the podcast, please feel free to do that and it'll be published. We're putting our first one out, what is for us today, what will be for you uh, the Friday just preceding when this comes out. So, um, Okay, so today we are talking about objectivity. Um, so mm -hmm. Seth, do you want to, you want to just, I mean, you jumped on this, so why don't you kind of gloss it for us and, and, and cool. we can go from there? Yeah, we'll do. Uh, I picked up on this because this is a dangling thread from a previous conversation that we all had. And at the, towards, I think it was at the very end of it, uh, Travis and I kind of ended up at loggerheads with Travis taking the position that objectivity is something I think, and I think this is specifically in terms of making journalistic accounts, uh, uh, sort of looking at sort of at the larger media scape and thinking about what we, sh the sort of things we should do to make uh, it more possible for mm -hmm. us to live in truth. Your, your position thing, I think Travis is that objectivity is something that we should strive for, that we should, we should, mm -hmm. we should, Talk about this, articulate our um, desire for objectivity and and find ways to get there. And my position, and I'm still sticking to my guns on this, is <laughs> that uh, there really isn't any such thing as objectivity. And um, it's kind of pie in the sky. And I think we would be better off not sort of making obeisance to that sort of myth. Um, but fairness is something that I think is actually within our grasp. And so we were talking about this earlier, and Stephen mentioned some um, inflammatory uh, headline news news story that and that that was a way mm -hmm. to sort of like get into this topic. So Stephen, please take it away. So thank you, Seth. It wasn't that the the headlines were inflammatory; it was mm. that all of us could benefit from maybe following a news story couple days, maybe weeks after it mm -hmm. hits because mm -hmm. of the way that it's reported on initially. Sure. Mm. So initially, um, I heard about this because a friend of mine texted me and said, Alec Baldwin killed somebody. <laughs> now, <laughs> which is both surprising and not. Right? All the bubbles went off in my head. Alex Baldwin fighting reporters, Alex Baldwin having a temper, Alex Baldwin, da, da, da. Alec, uh -huh. excuse me. Right, and right. so all that went off. And then mm. I went to go look for the article and it says on a set in Mexico, movie set, and that he shot and killed the director of photography and I say maimed, but I shouldn't say maimed. He sh he wounded the director. Wounded, yeah. Right. So I was like, okay, he didn't shoot another actor. He shot, you know, film personnel, right? Um, that kind of, film, you know, tech folk. And I went, 
that's kind of odd because that's not like he was shooting at like in, with Brandon. Yeah, it's not um, like Lowell, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't with like yeah. Brandon Lee on the crow right. with, you right. know, with there right. was an issue with the gun as well. So and right. since then, other issues have popped up with blanks killing people or, you know, mm-hmm. so I talked to a friend of mine this morning. And he says, well, it might have been that he was pointing in that direction. Right. Uh, you know, that was maybe the shot. And I was like, uh-huh, oh, OK, that's uh-huh. a good way to do it. And as he and I talked about it, we didn't talk about it for very long. Uh-huh. I, I wrote down in my notes, I went, we could really benefit from not getting the first story. Like, we great. Mm. You know, people reporting it. The headlines for NBCNews.com is that Alec Baldwin shoots prop gun, killing one, injuring another on the set of Rust, officials say. The film's director of photography, Hal, Hal Hutchins, was killed and director... Joe um, Souza was injured on the set of on the set in New Mexico. Sorry, not Mexico, New Mexico. Mm. And so as I read it, you know, you get the usual who, what, where, when, and why in the first paragraph. Mm-hmm. And then you get a little bit more. But it's as you read it, you get more of you don't really know why it happened. And and by mm. the time you get to like, I don't know, 15 paragraphs down, you go, we're still figuring out what happened on the set because it just happened. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. There was something kind of miserable about it because, you know, they're saying that Alec Baldwin was at the police station. He was crying and that he's just really upset. And I'm like, so this doesn't sound like it was that he shot someone in cold blood or right. any of that. It just sounds like an yeah, accident went I, off and someone was, I mean, maybe that's what you, Travis, thought immediately. But I think my, what, my biases went off immediately when I first uh, got the text. Yeah, oh, okay. I was thinking he's an angry guy at times. And mm-hmm. at one point, he seemed to be slugging reporters every other week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so there's that part of it. But it made me go, I could really benefit from better information. you right. know, And I could yeah. really hold off on my biases. So that objectivity that you guys were speaking about earlier, I think, what did, what did you say? Um, rather than looking for this objective idea, which I'd like to hear more from you, Travis, about if there's an ideal for you, because mm. I'm, I'm definitely skewing towards um, uh, Seth on this, because I don't think of objectivity. I think of perspective. I think of the many ways that something could be covered, you know, in the news mm. or by other mm. people. And it's almost like racial harmony. It's like maybe the best we could work for. <laughs> given <laughs> not just yeah, a state of yeah. not maybe this is the best we've been for a long time this is something you've been talking about for you know for years on american age you know when we bring up issues that are happening mm. and i'm thinking so is there a way to to respect that respect that people have different opinions that aren't taken necessarily as truth um but objectivity i i wasn't even trained like that in journalism you know the journalism class it was like mm-hmm. we're always taking a perspective you know, mm. how we frame it and how we do it and that it's a false thing. You know, it's a false perspective that we journalists can be pers- can be objective. So but yeah, yeah, the Alec Baldwin thing, we could benefit from more time as the news outlets in good faith are, are reporting these things and not just sensationally. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, just better information so we can be make better, have better thoughts about it, you know, or mm-hmm. be yeah. better informed. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think objectivity is aspirational okay. and i think that okay um there is a great deal of benefit in in that aspiration um and i think fairness is subsumed inside of objectivity but not the reverse and i actually think fairness as an aspiration is quite dangerous when it comes to large scale institutions mm-hmm. attempting to okay. um 
adjudicate what information is conveyed to the public uh, and adjudicate what stories are covered. Mm -hmm. So it is very possible for something to be objectively true, again, understanding that ultimately we will fail to reach any kind of objectivity because none of us can be disembodied, omniscient narrators, which I I understand Mm. and I get that. Mm. But there are times when being objective won't lead to a fair outcome because Mm -hmm. life's not fair. Mm -hmm. And there it is. While, while I am absolutely in favor of fairness being incorporated into an ostensibly objective decision, if we're talking about a justice system or an attempt to cover the news, uh, if we're talking about news organizations, mm-hmm. um, I, I think I think this is a way, and I don't think you know. I actually think if we took the conversation in a slightly different direction, Seth, I don't think you would be on this side of the issue. Mm. Um, I think this is a way. Fair this turn this sort of turn this rhetorical turn to quote unquote fairness, which I know journalism schools have started to make. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's not like the thing that's irritating to me. If I can get a little bit more impassioned about it for a second, it's not like people didn't fucking know a hundred years ago objectivity wasn't possible. Right, we've known this. Like right. like mm-hmm. you said in journalism school, like no one like no reporter prior to like woke culture showing up thought, oh, I can be 100% objective about this. No one thought that. That's like just not... Uh, um, go ahead, Seth, please. So I, well, I just want to say, growing up, where where I did the way I did, watching TV news with my folks <laughs> um, from, from as far back as I can remember, um, up until... I'm talking about practitioners, to be clear. Right, mm-hmm. no, no, right, right. no, right. Mm-hmm. But, but, I, but I would watch some of these practitioners talking about... Um, about um, what they do, you know, the, like the old school, like anchors, like Tom Brokaw, Peter Jennings, yes. Ted Koppel. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. They, um, they, it, from what I remember as a child, they would often say things like blah, 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 objective. And I remember, mm-hmm. and, and this is a bad example, but I specifically remember this. Sean Hannity, Fox News, would often say, when some report would come up, he'd say, yeah, 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 but that person's not objective as a way to dismiss them, right? So I, so coming up, I think the word was often bandied about, particularly in the media scape. It's performative, okay. right? So it's sort of, yeah, it's, it's performative. And I, but I think that performance has an overall positive effect in a civil society. So, okay. or can, or should be, or can, right? So, yeah, it's, but if you were, Tom, that's Tom Brokaw's performance. If you were to be sitting, if you were to have a beer with Tom Brokaw, I, I would bet a substantial amount of money that Tom Brokaw would be like, no, of course I can't be completely objective. Of course we can't be mm-hmm. completely objective. Like, I don't think this is news to people. And what I feel like it is, is it's another way mm. to erode the liberal values. It's another way to erode um, free speech. It's another way to erode mm-hmm. civil society. It's another way to erode the kind of messy ugliness of a multiracial, historically unfair democracy. Mm. And there's just no pretty way for us to do what we're trying to do. Well, and And I feel like that like really is distasteful 
to all of the children who were helicopter parented over the years, if I'm being a little bit more pointed about it. So I, I think, I mean, because I'm talking about media elites, I'm not talking about good faith disagreements around this, because you could find philosophers that would argue something similar. So I mean, argue against what I'm saying. But I'm saying that fever pitch that currently exists right now mm-hmm. to jettison objectivity as a worthwhile practice, mm-hmm. I think comes from, I think it's connected to the other. So, so I just want to suss out for the listeners what I mean when I say that people can't be objective and sort of what you're, what you, what you're referring to, Travis, because I mean, I think you get that. Um, but I just want to just, you know, this is the thing I like to do, like be really super plain spoken about this and give real world um, uh, examples. When I say that we can't be objective, um, I, what I mean is precisely what Travis just referred to. He said, no one has that sort of omniscient narrative perspective, right? So when you're reading a, a good story or a not so good story, you have that perspective, right? Because the writer's moving you around the scene. He's like, I know what's in Jane's head, so I'm going to tell you that. I know what's in Kendrick's head, so I'm going to tell you that. I know what the um, the baker across the street saw, so I'm going to tell you that. Um, you know, he's he's like mm-hmm. he's the he's he's the all seeing eye. He's he's God, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. um, that to me is a kind of objectivity, right? And so when we when a newscaster or a journalist. A writer reports on something, they only see what they can see. They only know what they can know, right? So they don't have that omniscient narrative perspective. They, and you know, let's let's like like let's let's, let's break it down with the Alec Baldwin story. Mm-hmm. Whoever is reporting, they were in New Mexico, you know, close to the 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 the. the Mm-hmm, the, the movie the, set or mm-hmm. the movie set and they spoke to x y and z person right and mm-hmm. then they spoke to like a producer who was somewhere else and then they spoke mm-hmm. to someone who knows alec or who's in his family or they spoke you know so what they did was they cobbled together a story from the perspectives they could get to but of mm-hmm. course they're not they're not the all-seeing camera. Like they don't know. They, right. they weren't. They weren't there. So they, what they're going to report is blinkered in some significant way. And then it's a game of telephone after that because right. someone hears right. this, and then, like right. I said, my example was, oh, of course he's got an anger problem. He shot somebody. Right. And exactly. right. I wager, <laughs> I wager this because I've done it myself. I'm guilty of this myself. I won't go look for more information. Right. Do you know? And so I didn't mean right. to interrupt you. I'm just like, I really kind of no, no. You're, you're yeah. great. You're yeah. perfect. Yeah, well, yeah. you were about to say, Stephen, you look like you're about to say something when I was talking and, and uh, Seth started. Do you, do you know what that was? Well, it, it, it's this, I went to go look it up because I was trying to figure out a word for it. It was bypassing. And the way I want to use it is that I think when people mm. talk about objectivity, mm. they are used, they're hiding behind some way of like, you know, right now they're saying both sides of um, the Holocaust need to be. Oh my God. On. Oh my God. Right. And that's been happening off and on for the last 20 to 30 years, I've noticed, Uh you know, some way of sort of remixing history. And it's like, no, these are facts. Now, how it happened is very complex and da, da, da. But so we're giving, you know, time to a Nazi or to Nazis to talk about the reason why they did. We kind of got all that. And free speech, I'm good with. But I'm like going, not this both sides business. I don't know what the fuck that is. Right. Right. So Sorry. I, okay, so I, I am, I don't have, I mean, I'm happy to talk through it if the conversation goes in that direction. I don't have a good response to the both side-ism mm-hmm. criticism. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Um, because it's something that I've engaged in a lot throughout my life. Okay. Criticizing the both the both sides nature of of U.S. reporting. So mm. I, you know, it's definitely something that I am very suspicious of. Uh, and so mm-hmm. I I I wouldn't. Um, I do feel like that's a fair thing to kind of pick apart and and is definitely a consequence of the way that objectivity is practiced in in news organizations mm-hmm. basically prior to two, prior to 2016. Mm-hmm. So um or and you know I mean kind of in that block of time in the 20th century because we obviously had a history of journalism before that that didn't you know aspire to objectivity either. Of course, um, yeah. sort of yellow yellow journalism or whatever they call it. But mm-hmm. anyway, mm-hmm. the so- uh Oh, no, please go ahead, Stephen. No, I'm on your side when it comes to let's look at as much as we can look at. It's the framing of it. Mm. Yeah. So let me, I, I think I can articulate why fairness okay. uh, actually worries me a great deal and scares me a little bit. So let's take the Alec Baldwin story. Mm. Okay. Um, let's say Alec Baldwin had killed um, and um, uh, where was it? What was the film shot? Santa Fe. Mm. Santa Fe. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's say um, Alec Baldwin had actually shot um, a second generation Mexican immigrant Ooh. who was the caterer uh, at the, at, on the movie set. Um, and the fair reporting of that would be privileged, you know, like historically inequitable Hollywood you know, mega big business, white heteronormative filmmaking, murders, you know, BIPOC youth, whatever, right, you know, I mean, depending right. on like well, all the things that we want to attach to that person. Right. That would be, fi- that's not untrue, right? I mean, I don't think are these systems highly, wait, wait, yeah, are these systems yeah, yeah. inequitable? Yes. Like are, are white males on top because of the history of racism in this country? Yes. Do they have more up? Op- like, yes, 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 yes. That's how we got here. That's why the country looks the way that it looks. Is that even in the ballpark of objective and does it get anywhere close to a fair outcome for the people involved in that event. I, I, I would say no. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I interrupted you. I would say no. Yeah. No, no, I would say no. I would say that Alec Baldwin would be like, there would be pitchforks in front of his Manhattan penthouse right now, like waiting to skewer him. And that, and so, you know, we want, we, at least certainly everyone on this podcast, and I think probably most of us in the country want the same thing, right? Which is, we don't want the country to look the way that it has looked for the last 200 years. Mm. Right? We don't, that's not what we want. We don't want to look at Congress and see that kind of makeup. We don't want to look at the heads of uh, Fortune 500 companies and mm-hmm. see that kind of monocultural sameness. Mm-hmm. We don't want that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, the only way to undo that is long and slow and ugly and we aren't going to see in our lifetime. Mm. Our children aren't going to see it. It's going to be their children's children and their children's children. Like that's mm-hmm. the kind of struggle that we're in, but everyone mm. wants it right now. And mm. so let's shortcut it by making things look fair immediately. And mm. all I think mm-hmm. that that does is mm-hmm. ultimately empower people who don't want the country to look like that, who don't give a flying fuck about the things that we care about. Mm. And they will seize those levers of power and they will, they will use it to gin up 
all of the things that we are trying to tamp down. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's actually quite a dangerous development um, in, uh, you know, as far as the future of the country goes. So I am kind of with you. I'm, I'm with you most of the way there. I think, I don't think that given the example that you used that I would call that kind of coverage of that fictional event of mm -hmm. um, Alec Baldwin murdering or killing uh, mm -hmm. uh, a, a young Mexican caterer. I think that that would not be fair. I do think, I do think okay. that is exactly what we would do though. Like, like most news outlets. And I would say this from like the ones that I absolutely despise, like mm -hmm. the New York Post or the Daily News all the way up to um, ones that I have more respect for, like The Economist or um, the New York Times. Um, they would probably report that story in that kind of sensationalistic way because, frankly, they know... Or well, sells say, papers, yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. Editors mm -hmm. know this is what will get eyeballs on yeah. that story. So... Um, there's a, I think we, we, I mean, there's a way we could parse what we mean by fair, what we are sitting around the campfire mm -hmm. here mm -hmm. mean by fair and what, you know, concentric circles working their way out larger uh -huh. and larger into the culture mean by fair. Um, mm -hmm. I would love one day to have a conversation, not with Chris Chaliza of CNN, but with <laughs> his editor. Like, I want to know uh -huh. who mm -hmm. the fuck is editing because he has the most inane, just, just heartbreaking takes on news mm -hmm. of the day that make me think, oh, you, there must be someone behind you who's like saying, yeah, 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 let's run with this. That makes sense to me. <laughs> like, like who, like what, like, do, is this person, like, who is this person? Like, and, 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 and what <laughs> is their sense of what fairness is or objectivity is? Um, what mm -hmm. did, what do they think the Commonwealth is? Like, what, what, like, um, CNN. I, I, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I just, I, 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 I agree with you. Travis, that, that fairness is slippery, but I also think that it's because it's more within our grasp that it makes a better goal than objectivity, which is just frankly is not. It's just like we're never going to have the omniscient narrator. Um, you know, God is dead. So it's funny. I, I, I reach, and then I want Stephen to jump in. I, I reach the opposite conclusion for the same reason, which is that mm. because objectivity is impossible, it constrains our actions more effectively. Mm. Uh, and, that's, and that's something that is handy, as in ready at hand, like fairness, mm. Mm -hmm. becomes more easily manipulatable by our passions. Mm. And so I, 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 I hear what you're saying. I think we're, ba I think, you know, I think we're coming from a very similar space as far as you know kind of our our training and how we think about mm -hmm, these things mm -hmm. but i think the consequences of abandoning that are are uh, are dire honestly yeah mm. yeah and i think they're playing out right now i mean we've seen you know we've been talking about how things have changed in the last 20 or 30 years basically since we came of age right um, and, yeah. and, and the media landscape has, has splintered, right? It used to be that we all kind of drank from the same well, like essentially it was, mm -hmm. you know, NBC, ABC, CBS, and like, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. PBS, channel 13, if you're like lucky, if you're like, <laughs> right, if right. you're like a little bit of a geek, right? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
And and now, oh my God, the 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 <laughs> the torrent of of news, right? Um, uh, I, I I I guess what? Let, let me let me ask a concrete question. Like, okay. so if you had your brothers, Travis and Stephen, mm-hmm. and you could teach a journalism class, and your that that section was on. You name name it yourselves. Like it's either on objectivity or it's on fairness or some other some other term. What would you sort of like? What would your approach to teaching that session look like? Like what would you want to instill in folks to get them to do the thing honestly? I actually like to hear Stephen because I mean this is something you probably have some experience at. I mean this is I mean this is clearly a project related to you know archival yeah, recovery yeah, and yeah. like sort of I mean mm-hmm. you, I mean that's kind of I would assume that's something you're sort of chasing. It, mm, holding chasing it's in the air. I'm not sure. Maybe, um, but the idea I think if I taught that class, the first thing that came to my mind is to surface the reporter. Like you are a part of that story. Right? Mm. So you're not, you're not objective. You're not invisible. I mean, this was part of like literary theory for like since the sixties or seventies, where it's mm-hmm. like, well, mm-hmm. this wasn't just came came out of its ass. This is mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. this is a person who wrote this, and so mm-hmm. it was a good. I came up of, of that age and thought it was very mind blowing. I was just like, no, someone wrote a book. They're an authority, you know, and, mm-hmm. and to help me question authority, and then I think I'd find some way to. To when it comes to the archival part of it, I guess, well, archival, more resource. Check your resources. Look mm-hmm. at your resources. Who, like when you were talking about Chris Chaliza, mm-hmm. and I'm, mm-hmm. there's nothing funnier to me um, about yourself than the sigh before you go into something. <laughs> this, <laughs> this exasperation. <laughs> uh, Lady Gaga. You know, this, it's one of my favorite things. I'm like, oh, here it comes, you know, but. Um, <laughs> But like you uh, both, both of you are very good at going, this is my position. And, and then at times giving context around why you feel the way you feel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, but I would want people, for example, okay, there's a really good example I can use and I can um, just shut up. And that is, is a friend of mine, Frankie Adosian. He is a Nigerian writer mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. Uh, was teaching journalism at NYU. F- and for years, he's, he, now he's um, running NYU over at uh, Ghana. In mm-hmm. Accra, mm-hmm. and so what he did mm-hmm. for for years was that he would take his journalism students over to Africa for a couple months, mm-hmm. you know, just to travel mm-hmm. to see different African countries and mm-hmm. so forth. And he says, mm-hmm. "I want them once they become actual reporters to know that there was a lot more to Africa than what they were reading about. That they mm-hmm. had firsthand experience with people, institutions, politics, all this kind of thing." And I was like, "How wonderful is that?" Because mm. it surfaces the people. It it's not a chalk outline. It's not a, a mm. you know, a, a, or it's not a what do you call it? It's not a stenciling of this is what the ex- African experience is, which is ridiculous because it's a continent. But also right. it it mm-hmm. it the, surfaces the people, and it also surfaces the reporter. I like to think so. This mm-hmm. is an aspirational kind of project where mm-hmm. you get better reporting mm-hmm. about Africa you know, mm. from, from the West, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I really, mm-hmm. really, really like that. And I'm like, I think that oftentimes, and I notice this when it comes to people who make comments on the internet, you know, 
comment section or what have you, is that they think they're invisible. <laughs> I mm-hmm. mean, they can be traced by their IP, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can say the nastiest things. You could be mm-hmm. just totally irresponsible, you know. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I would want the journalist students to know, journalism students to know that they're culpable for what they put out. Mm. And that they need to be more aware of their own biases and so forth. And I think that's why we have a lot, I think, a lot more talking heads now mm-hmm. rather than reporters, because we're in that time where everyone thinks that they have an opinion that's worth listening to. Hear mm-hmm. me out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got to go back to um, Lady, um, not Lady Gaga, it's uh, uh, Nicki Minaj, where mm-hmm. you can have the mm-hmm. thought, but once you put it out there, mm-hmm. people are going to respond. And so mm-hmm. you can't say, don't respond to me that way, respond to me this way. You know, mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. it's a part of the public discourse. You have a platform. Mm-hmm. And, you know, where you were being irresponsible, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day. So, mm-hmm. So I would teach them to, that they were part of the story and that they need to check their sources. That's how I would approach it. Good, good, mm-hmm. good, 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 good. Travis? Uh, I can't improve upon that answer. I actually think the, um, I think Stevens, I, I think surfacing, as you put it, uh, surfacing the reporter, uh, which is a, mm-hmm. a great phrase for that, I think gets you most of the way to where you need to be in order to pursue something like this, mm-hmm. especially if there is, you know, cause you don't have to put that, you know, this, the surfacing, the reporter piece of it, just kind of like spitballing with you guys here is something mm-hmm. is not even necessarily something that has to be done, you know, on the surface in every story, this is something an institution can be committed to right. in, mm-hmm. in yep. training and, right. and yes. in supporting its writers and how to practice their craft, right. which yes. is, you know, where are you at in this story? Right. Um, and I, I don't yeah. doubt that there are probably journalism schools that do that. I, you know, probably, I'd, I'd yeah. not, mm-hmm. I, that would be my guess. But, but that to me, and to me, that's in service of, again, this kind of impossible to attain, frustrating, constraining objectivity mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. might, and might be a remedy for one of the criticisms that you both had earlier in the conversation around the sort of both sidism mm. of, of mm-hmm, yeah. political reporting mm. prior to 2016. Mm. You know, I, I feel like we've gone way too far in the other direction though. And I mean, it, it shouldn't be, I, I, one of the things that I resent the most about 2021 mm. is that I, in conversations with people, I have to take up a defensive position about mm-hmm. the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. Yes. I am not a fan of the Trump administration. I am opposed to nearly any policy I can think of. That's not my take on it. But yet mm-hmm. the reporting around Trump and the Trump administration and the consequences of the Trump administration is so abysmally skewed mm-hmm. and ginned up that I end up having to say, well, this isn't exactly what, like, I don't want to mm. do that. Mm. Like, I want to, I want to be, you know, I want to be on the podcast or, you know, having a beer or a meal and getting riled up because I can't stand that asshole. Like, mm-hmm. but I feel like they took that from me. Like you, you took that, that you guys, like the, the mm-hmm. New York times has taken that from me. The mm-hmm. Washington post has taken, that's not your job. New York times reporter. That's what we get to do around, you know, 
mm-hmm. in social situations, mm-hmm. the New York Times has to be flatter about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, or that's that's my you know that's okay. my feeling. As so so that, if so. I were to teach a class, I think I would just go, just I would drill down just a little bit more uh, into that idea of surfacing the reporter. I would say, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that this, uh, as Travis very usefully pointed out, this can happen at an institutional level and perhaps should. Mm-hmm. Colon, we should talk about each writer's biases. We should talk about, like, mm. and I try to do yeah. this in my writing. You do this in your own writing. I do this yeah, in I mean, my yeah, own yeah, writing. Yeah, yeah. But, mm-hmm. but I think mm-hmm. I have the space to because I'm not reporting the news. So it'd be weird, I think, given what we've right. suckled on most of our lives, to mm-hmm. hear a reporter like in the middle of the how, what, when, where, um, say, um, oh, uh, dear reader, I'm an atheist, so this whole thing that's happening with um, uh, Satanists protesting that they should be able to lead prayer at a government meeting, uh, a governmental meeting, is something I'm actually in favor of. Um, mm-hmm. I think that that's actually uh, something that is worthwhile pursuing. You know, it's, it, it would be weird for us to read something like that. But in a piece I just published last night, uh, an, an, um, a review of Dawood Bay's show at Sean mm-hmm. Kelly, Sean Kelly mm-hmm. Gallery here in New York, in, in New York City, I said, that it was just like towards the very end of the piece, I said, um, and here I'm reminded of a passage from the Old Testament. Uh, and it's, you know, strange that I would say this because I'm an atheist, but mm-hmm. here, you know, here it is. And I talked about that passage where God says to Cain, um, l- listen, uh, or look, look at what you've done. Your brother's blood cries out from the ground. Um, and, and then I use that to, to make this point about what Dawood Bay is doing. Uh, mm. I think it's important to be able to say, I mean, in my, in the class I would teach, I, was, I think it'd be important to say to each other out loud uh, and, and regularly, here's how I see the world. Here's what my biases are. Here's mm-hmm. how, like, here's what I, I'm not very good at seeing or very good at uh-huh. giving uh-huh. time to or respecting mm-hmm. because I have a pro- But you have to have a, a, a great deal of self-awareness yes. and integrity to even mm-hmm. begin to do that. And I frankly think that that's, you know, part of the problem with our mediascape is that we have a bunch of actors who do not behave in good faith. Then they don't have integrity and mm-hmm, they're not mm-hmm. all that self-aware. Yeah, I, th- I totally I th- agree. I think that you're up, I think that we're all up against in this idea of surfacing the reporter or surfacing the individual that, and, 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 and that person understanding or being able to come out of a space where they say, I have these biases or this is the way I see the world is, is really complicated given that you have people who are, who have experience, but they're in college, right? So let's just say the traditional high school to mm-hmm. college age, as opposed to returning to college, the idea that you have, like, I remember my, um no, actually I won't go into that story. I'll say that I feel like, the space needs to be um, a generative, uh, not a generative, but a, a welcoming space for that kind of, I see the world this way. Mm-hmm. Because often that, mm-hmm. you can just stay in your camp. You can stay in your, and I don't use the word tribe, but you know, in your, your, 
this is why I believe it. And this is why it is, you know, rather than Mm -hmm. to really kind of go, you know, you said something really interesting the other day and I've been thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I like to think that people, if they're engaged in a particular kind of way or in different ways that are just that that bring about almost like a therapy you know, mm. to say, this is how I see the world and this is how I can't stand cats. I just don't want cats around me, you know? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, mm. that's not a great example, but but just that, you know, okay, so let's see. What's no, that's fine. It, but, it, you know, it's just, as valid as anything else. Exactly. Absolutely. No, it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so reporting on cats, it just gets on my nerves. I think they're just terrible, you know? And so <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've had the best kind of spaces to nurture my intellect mm. and and be able to audition things even on this podcast ideas that I might have right mm. but it, it feels like it ne- the world feels like it needs to be a workshop as opposed to we finish school I have these thoughts blah 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 right. or I have these things or right. you lose a leg or you are made homeless and then the politics of that moment arrives in your head and you go oh my god this is what people have gone through for a while and now I have right. this better insight because this happened to me which is always right. something that bothered me because I'm like, do you does it need to happen to you f- for you to be empathetic or care right. about it or do, you know what I mean? So I'm kind of right. moving around a bit, but I feel like the space where people audition their thoughts and kind of share how they feel about stuff is such it's such a great space and such a rarefied space. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we're called upon yeah. to have an opinion two seconds after something happens. Mm. As I mentioned this morning, and, I was like, oh, it, Alec Baldwin, he's you know, a madman, you know. So come to find out, I don't know shit, you know. Yeah, so I, I, heard is, he, yeah. I heard he murdered a Mexican craterer. There it is. And that's where I think a lot of people are going to start, you know. I think he was in Mexico. I mean, that's what I said Mexico as opposed to New, Me- that's New Mexico, right? So, like, I got part of it wrong just reciting it to you both. So, right, right. yeah, there's right. something very powerful about allowing people to have a space to, to work things out. Yeah. You know, and so if if we not to not to uh, jump on that uh, too much, but if 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 an institution abandons objectivity as mm-hmm. a goal or mm. as an aspiration, mm. even recognizing its impossibility, mm. how how could we ever create the space for airing those kind of um, sort of f- for for allowing that kind of self-analysis to grow and expand mm. so that it influences the work these people are doing. Mm-hmm. Whereas again, for fairness, I feel like what it what it encourages and promotes are social crusades. And th- your job, my in my understanding of your job as a reporter, a news reporter, not an opinion writer, your job as a news right. reporter mm-hmm. is not to pursue the social crusade in your job. Mm. That's not your job. Mm. That and and it's a sacred responsibility mm. in a civil society. Mm-hmm. Like it's really fucking hard. Mm. Really, really hard. You know, you've got bosses that, you know, like, well, your story didn't get enough clicks. There's not enough engagement. Absolutely. This, we have to com- mm-hmm. we have to compete with Gawker. We've got to compete with Fox News. I get it. I understand the absolutely untenable, impossible, maddening position we have placed reporters in in a hypercharged 21st century media environment. Mm-hmm. I get it. As much as I can get it without having that job. Mm. But that's a calling. A reporter's job in a civil society is a calling. Mm. It's not just a paycheck, Mm. or it should be that. Mm. And we should hold it up like that. Mm. And I feel like 
We've lost that. Like, no, I don't mean losing. I think we've lost it. Agreed. I think it's gone. And we are now like, oh, I am saying, oh, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Where are we going to go now? Like, I don't think it's, I think, I think we are taught you, the three of us are having a conversation at a funeral. For sure. <sighs> it's not coming back. Now, now to, okay. to, to give you the spit, to give you the space for that. Of mm-hmm. course, life continues. Who knows where we'll end up in ten years, twenty years, forty years, a hundred years? Right? Absolutely. So mm-hmm. the the you know Theodore Parker's you know the arc of the moral universe is long. Like mm-hmm. I'm with mm-hmm. you. Yeah, I believe that. Oh no, you're but fuck. Of it. I don't yeah. want to live on. The, I don't want to live on the. You know, I want to live somewhere else on the ark. <laughs> you know, I don't. This is not <laughs> the fight that I want to be having. Is basically you know. But I mean, it doesn't really matter what you know. I want. So just to give you some perspective, and I'm sure someone will come behind me and say the same thing. I worked at a new. I was an intern at a local television news station when I was growing up in Ohio. Just you know, mm. the last. I was a production intern, so I was handling what would they call the character generator for, you know, for mm. the ums. And then I remember having several conversations. What actually, what is, what is a character, not to, not to, dis- oh, what is it's a, a machine generator? that where you, you um, generate the fonts for the weather or for the newscast. Ah, okay, the okay, cool. All right. I think they're called icons or what do they call it? Chirons or something. Yeah. Right. Chirons. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, okay. And so. I was in charge of that. And for that semester, I got mm-hmm. so much more out of that internship than I had, um, that I had considered. And one was mm-hmm. I had a conversation with a news anchor who just briefly, she's mentioned, well, basically, if we have a story with video, we're going to go with that. No matter mm-hmm. if there's a, a more interesting story <laughs> wow. that we don't have video for. Wow. And I was right. like, okay. Oh. <laughs> and then I think what they... It, it, I need to write about it because what that experience did for me was I don't want to work in television network news. For sure. For sure. I want to do right. something else because why would I want to be a part of this thing here? I'd already jumped ship with advertising in high school. I was like, I don't want right. to do commercial yeah, art. Fuck yeah. that, you know? Um, right. But yeah. yeah, so it was running me, it ran me out of there. <laughs> but I was thinking, yeah. you, so this, it's not about, you know, and admittedly my naive idea around truth and justice and so forth was still, you know, generating, formulating it. But I knew that that sucked. I knew that sucked. Yeah. I was like, okay, <laughs> there you go. So, so I can tell you to sort of add a personal gloss on, um, on, on your personal experience, um, from behind the camera, like in front of the, in front of the TV set, where it's where kind of I grew up, mm-hmm. um, um, because my, my parents just always watched news. Um, and the only news, other news they got, I think actually they used to listen to, um, win, win news in, in, in the morning. In, mm-hmm. um, um, I remember that being, the preferred radio station, I think, when I was a child. 1010 Win or something 10, like 10, that? 1010 10 Wins News. That's right. That's it. We okay. Give us a minute and we'll give you the world. Yep. That's yes. the one. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, and they would repeat the news every, the, the same news like every freaking 10 minutes. It was awful. Um, but we mm. would get, we would watch TV together at night and we'd watch um, ABC News with Peter Jennings, um, la, la, la. And years later, I remember coming back to see my father. Um, to talk with my father about something when I was, um, after I'd come back from California, after I'd done my MFA at UC Irvine. And I remember sitting in the living room with him and having to compete with the TV because the TV was mm. always on. And I mm. remember thinking to myself, I'd gotten to the point then where I got none of my news from the television. 
and oh. I remember li- li- I remember listening to 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 it while talking to him or trying to talk to him and mm-hmm. thinking oh this is the worst possible way to get the news like <laughs> like the, like the like the worst like it's the most reductive the most yes. banal mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. as you say like you know if it ha- if it has video we'll go with that and it'll show the same 10 second no not even 10 second 7 right. second clip over and over again they'll inter- interject a little bit you know reporter on the ground like there's a hurricane there's a gale force wind la la things are blowing down oh my god and then they'll show the same 7 mm-hmm. second video <laughs> yeah right same. um mm-hmm. I, 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 I think in a way, you know, I, I'm kind of with Travis on this. Like Neil Postman wrote the book "Amusing Ourselves to Death," what back in like what was mm-hmm. it, 1960, right. yeah. 70, mm-hmm. something like that, and basically made the argument that TV was making us stupider. Like we, mm-hmm. we, we, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. We we look for the sensationalistic story. We're like we are, we are, we are socialized. We are trained. Yeah. To look for, oh my God, Alec Baldwin murdered a Mexican immigrant. He had just come over the Rio Grande. Like his, his, his like who he, knows what they add to it? Yeah, like, right, right, right. Like, like you know, it's just like we, we. That's what we. That's what we search out. That's what we search out. And and I think that, um, um, I feel like Travis. Like we are kind of on the decks of the Titanic, and it is going down. Like uh, I don't, I don't know if we're, I don't know if we're like at the funeral yet. But like mm. the, the boat is sinking. Like it's definitely. I think the boat is sinking, huge, yeah. and it's a part of the deconstruction project. And mm. the and the and the um, what I understand is the uh, what do you call it? The fallout from it. But mm. I don't know if it's a terrible thing just yet. I feel like mm. we're still getting used to the digital age because a lot of the stuff that we're experiencing wouldn't be so prominently in our heads had we not had the rate of transmission, how stories can fly around. Mm-hmm. You know, there were the issues before. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, with the, the game of telephone, but I feel like right now we're, I have a lot of thoughts and I can't, yeah, I was just, just yeah, I, about that. no, I, I was thinking like in your story of the, of the, the TV newsroom on the other side of it, like, you know, like Steve Jobs was like sweeping up the floor, like, well, I'll, I'll fix this. Everyone will have a camera. Like, <laughs> and so, like, and so, and so now everyone has Seth's observation, which is just that, Every, all the everything is fucking banal and everything is given to you in a minute mm. or 240 characters mm. yeah. and mm-hmm. and they think that's the world mm. and so and and instead of instead of sure. legacy media mm-hmm. uh, oh, I was just going to say instead of legacy media being a bulwark against that they've just right. said fuck it we're we're with you in the time oh, no, in, in, in the banality mm. and so Anyway. No, definitely. Because have you noticed news news um, anchors? They just are get more increasingly beautiful. At one point, you can look at television <laughs> and follow the trajectory of the ugly it's movie true. star, like an Ernest Borgnine. And true. I'm saying ugly mm-hmm. with quotes around it, but right. it's the idea that things need to be sold, mm-hmm. sold, sold. So, what are they like? What are they like? Oh, you're. I remember newscasters telling, reading about newscasters being told they need to glam up women. You need, yeah. you need to uh-huh. some makeup or whatever. Terribleideas.com. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, for sure. Yeah. So, Seth, do you want to take... So, I think we've got a couple minutes left here. Is Steven... Yeah, I think we got to call it here in a few minutes. So, uh, okay. anyone you want to have the last, uh, the well, last word? I like the fact that during this conversation, um, you, you really 
Travis, help me understand what you mean by um, it, objectivity being a really crucial, mm -hmm. aspirational uh, yeah. goal. Like mm -hmm. that, that, that makes more sense to me now than when you just, you know, said it offhand right, um, right, right, a, a few right, weeks right. ago. Well, uh, yeah, I agree. It helped yeah, me as well. I, I, I do mm -hmm. think that, um, I think that, that what we want, really, what we've always wanted with this podcast is a version of that class we would teach where we would mm. where we would yeah. um surface the reporter talk about our biases talk about the way we ways in which we see the world and the ways in which we don't and mm -hmm. how we might yeah. and that we don't wait i mean this is the great thing about i think potentially about having the calling hearing the call to be a reporter and responding to that. Mm -hmm. the, one of the great things is that you actually do get to dip into other people's perspectives. Like you don't have Absolutely. to lose a leg in Vietnam to, right. to, to, to be able to yeah. understand what Vietnam vets have gone through and, Absolutely. you know, waiting for the blah, 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 the VA hospital, which is not coming through because legislation is held up and, the blah, blah, and then the report on that and the legislation starts to move like that. Yeah. That's, mm -hmm. That's yeah. just that's just super key to that calling, and I and I, I I don't I mean, I I wish there was a way to sort of spread this gospel to say, hey, you know, this is what's possible with journalism. This mm -hmm. is what it can it mm -hmm, actually mm -hmm. it actually can be a kind of transformational tool, and that's what we mm -hmm. sh should. Mm -hmm. No quotes. This is what we should be aspiring to. Yeah, there, I mean, just to to add to your thing in your neck of the woods, there was that. I mean, talking um, just an eg for what you're talking about is there was that reporter a few years ago that like did that long uh, form report on nail salons in New York City, oh, yeah. and like it led to like overnight like like new legislation yeah. and like looking at their working conditions. Yeah. I mean, and that was you know just meticulously yeah. reported. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I mean. It was yeah. Anyway, so it, it just an example of what you're of what you just. What's possible? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, as always, thanks for the conversation. Indeed. We'll talk to you guys next week or two weeks. Ago. All, All right. right. Bye. Take Bye -bye. care.